LT Insider Podcast, dedicated to making you have the most fun possible while living or dreaming about living in Japan. Whether you've been here for years or are just starting to consider it, we've got you covered. And now, your host, broadcasting from somewhere in Japan, James. James here. This is the LT Insider Podcast. Nice to have you. I don't know why, why did I do that again two weeks in a row. Okay, ALT Insider Podcast is here at you. Nice to have you with me here today. I don't know why I do that dog intro or whatever that is, but it is nice to have you with me here today for episode number 110. Coming at you the week of May 26th. And I want to say the LT Insider Podcast is a proud, proud member of the Japan, Japan Podcast Network. So if you want to check out other podcasts about Japan, in all kinds of variations and cool stuff included, check out JapanPodcastNetwork.com, okay? So, for this week, I realize I'm going to change it up. You know, change up, change up the format here. What I always do in here in these little intros is spoil everything that's going to be said in the interview. So no more spoiling, right? You click the link, you know what's coming up, enjoy it, right? That's all I'm going to say. So these little intros will be... Uh, could, will be purely be stuff about the site that you need to check out for this week or whatever. So for site news, not on the podcast, podcast you're going to check out after this. For site news, um, we just had a guest post go up by Higgins in Japan called Strangers on the Train, all about that that strange guys in force field that can sometimes exist when uh, Japanese people do not want to sit next to you on the train. He has a good outlook on it, so go check that out. See if you agree, disagree. Uh, check out his YouTube channel. Give him a thumbs up. Give him a thumbs down if you disagree. If you disagree, just unsub to everything he does. It's fine. Just check it out. See what you think. It'll be on the website. It's I'll put it on the show notes page, and the show notes page will be at altinsider.com forward slash podcast 112. Go check that out. Um, any As in other news, as in other news, we are putting together another webinar um, aimed at Jets, right? That's the main the the aim but it's for really anybody that's going to do, coming into Japan this year it's going to be all about you know what to pack uh what you're going to do when you first get here and kind of your first week month we haven't decided that yet but that's coming next month so get hyped for that that will be cool i'll get details out on that when they become available also this week i'm starting a youtube daily vlog thing I still haven't started it yet because, as I said, I want it to be daily, right? So once I start it, I can't really stop. So I'm trying to wait till a good window of time to start doing that. I'm going to do it for like a month and just see how it goes. Do I like it? Or do people are enjoying it? I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but it's not going to be anything edited or anything like that. Forget about that. That's not going to happen. It's going to be push record, talk about it, one topic, push record, because the second time you push record, it actually stops the recording. And then that'll be it. And then it goes up on YouTube and we'll see how it goes. So that'll be up soon. I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll tell you about it in the next intro to the next podcast next week. But check out for that. Without further ado, though, we talked enough. Anything else I wanted to say? No. This interview, we don't have to spoil anything about, was a great one. I guess I can say his name. His name was Diego. And it was a great, great interview. He shared a lot of good stuff about a topic that I'm not going to spoil. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for this awesome interview with Diego, enjoy. All right, guys, today I have a very special guest. His name is Diego. He's doing cool things in Japan. How are you doing today, Diego? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice to talk to you today. Um, I like to start getting people excited. So what kind, what kind of, what are you doing in Japan these days for work? 
Uh, sure. So right now I'm actually doing two main jobs. One of them is teaching at a, a university. Uh, I'm teaching at the Department of Global and Transcultural Studies. And the other is I'm teaching uh, social studies at a at a senior high school. Okay, cool. So you get some, there's definitely some jobs people are definitely, you know, are on, always on the lookout for. So I want to get into how you got those positions. But first, let's start back yeah. to the beginning. Uh, how did you get excited about Japan in the first place enough to, you know, live there and work there? Sure. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a roundabout way. So, you know, my family, uh, my, my great grandfather was Chinese, right? So, you know, went to uh, the U S and just totally forgot that part of our culture, that part of our history. And then when I was maybe about 13 years old, 14 years old, uh, my mom decides that we should take a trip to China to reconnect with our past. Okay. Uh, but at that same time, you know, I was, you know, 13 years old. So I was getting into like Dragon Ball Z and, and Gundam Wing, whatever was on TV. So we went to China, but I begged her, I said, please, you know, we're going to be so, so close. Can we just also stop in Japan? I really want to check it out, you know, because I had that idea of what it was in my head. Mm-hmm. So uh, we went to China, we went to Beijing and it was, it was okay. It wasn't, um, it, it was, you know, about uh, 17 years ago. So it wasn't as developed as it is now. It wasn't as clean, uh, or not clean, but it was more dirty than it is now. Mm. Um, so, you know, we didn't have a great, great time, but then we came to Japan and we went to Tokyo and we went to Osaka and it was just, uh, really nice. You know, I, I, th- I thought I'd spend my my whole trip going to arcades and and watching you know uh, movies, but uh, you know when you get here, it's about the the people, the the culture, the food. There's just so much more that there was to offer, and that really got the idea of Japan stuck in my head. And I and I promised myself I'm gonna come back one day. Wow. Okay. So what then? You know how, how you said you're 13 at that that step. So yeah. what kind of steps did you take to kind of make it a reality from that point on? <laughs> Well, I had zero uh, interest in actually pursuing it okay. in my life. Uh, so after that, I, you know, I got into to politics and government, and uh, I got my master's in uh, in international affairs, and I went to San Francisco to work in politics for a few years. I uh, worked in City Hall, and uh, I moved after that to D.C. and I worked in the Senate for for about two years. Okay, <clears throat> so. You know, I kind of had my path, my my way set, like I think so many people in Japan do, who come here kind of when they're a little bit older. I th- I think you have really two types of people that come to Japan: people who come, you know, right out of college, uh-huh. and they're you know excited to do, you know, just be here and and work here and just enjoy themselves, explore, go to go to hub and you know uh, have a good time. Um, and then there are people who are a little bit older that kind of just had to make a decision, had to shape their life in a certain way and did this with a little more um, weight on their shoulders, right? Because this yeah. is a big decision. It's changing the rest of your career. For sure. So I was in the Senate and uh, I was working um, for the senator from California and I was working on international issues and uh, economic issues. But uh, it was during a time that uh, – Absolutely nothing was getting done. <laughs> that may be hard to pinpoint, but uh, it was during a time that uh, you know we had a government shutdown, and I was still getting paid. And uh, there's a saying we have, like uh, you know, Billy went to D.C. to do good, but he ended up doing well. 
And I went there with these aspirations to do good things and help people and, and make a difference in the world. But I felt like I was just sitting at a desk doing nothing. And it was really disheartening. So during a government shutdown, and uh, I, I just decided this isn't for me. So I, I quit. And I moved, uh, I, I went to stay with my parents in New York for about three months. Okay. So then, you know, so this, that's a big, that's a big step. You know, you say, okay, I'm tired yeah. of this. Again, I give up my job, went yeah. to meet your parents. So what do you, what, what are you thinking then? What, what are you going to do next? <laughs> uh, basically I would have done anything. Uh, <laughs> this is during the economic recession. Uh, my experience was in politics and government. And if you're not going to work in politics and government, it gets kind of tough to find a job if you're not willing to be a lobbyist, mm -hmm. if you're not willing to work as an operative, right? Yeah. Um, I had some interviews, but, you know, there was like, I could work in San Francisco and make 30000 a year, which, you know, is, is you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was going to be 26, 27, and I'd have to have 10 roommates in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought, you know, this may be the time. This may be a good opportunity to do something unusual, to build my resume, to to get that extra experience that makes me stand out some way. So then I started looking into Japan um, for a lot of reasons. Number one, I, I loved it when I visited before, and it, it really left a positive impression on me. Uh, but number two, because this is a market for teaching English that uh, compensates you and respects you a lot more than other places. Mm -hmm. You know, quality of life may be great in China because you can, you know, use that salary to buy things. But I have student loans to pay off and uh, I have to send money to the U.S. every month. Okay. So I, I needed that, you know, beneficial exchange. Yeah. So then what kind of, you know, when you're 27 at that point, so you're still okay for the jet program and other ways, but what kind of, what avenue did you take to actually get, get employment? <laughs> uh, so the jet, how long does the jet program take to, to go? It, it's a long time, right? It's a long time. Yeah. 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 So basically what the biggest motivator was, I ran out of money. Um, I was staying at my parents' place, so rent was covered, you know, but, uh, -huh. uh even, you know, it was, it's getting kind of, when you're 27, you move back in with your parents. You know, it's totally understandable. It's an economic necessity, but you're so used to a lifestyle of freedom and 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 independence, and it's a it's a big change, uh -huh. right? So there's a lot of pressure there. Also, I ran out of money. Right, I couldn't even buy gas. Uh, it was a really tough time. I had some interviews in New York. I had some interviews in D.C. Uh, you know, I'd get an offer, and it'd be like something that just wasn't appropriate for my passion or appropriate for my, you know, financial needs. Okay. So then I saw, I found Dave's ESL cafe. A famous website. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has a lot of great tips, but, uh, most importantly it has this international job board. It's mostly the same companies putting the same advertisements. Once in a while you'll find something, you know, unique or original, but, uh, there was an ad that said, come teach in Japan. You'll make 250,000 yen a month. Uh, we'll train you. We'll provide you with housing. Do it for a year and you'll get a bonus. And I thought, you know, this looks good. This looks interesting. I'm going to try it out. Uh, the company was called uh, Peppy Kids Club. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that before. Yeah. Um, 
they're pretty they're pretty famous outside of Tokyo. They have offices all over the I think they're the third largest English uh company in Japan uh, by volume. But I uh I sent my application. I was invited to interview in Toronto. I bought a ticket. I went over there. The interview went well. It wasn't even really an interview. <laughs> when I got there it was kind of like uh here's what you're going to do when you get there. I I thought I was going to interview, but it was just an uh, oh, orientation. Like orientation, yeah. So like yeah. you already got the job, okay? Which that. is so surprising because you know I went there thinking, okay, come on, wear your nice suit, you know. And you have no yourself. teaching experience at this point, right? I so the reason that Peppy Kids Club even looked at me was because when I was in D.C., I was a volunteer in this program called Everyone Wins, which is where Capitol Hill staff go down to underperforming or under-resourced uh, elementary schools, and we become reading partners. Okay. Uh, kind of like big, not big brothers, but you know, these sort of motivational uh, role model type figures for these young kids from largely low income backgrounds. Okay. So it's kind of teaching you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'd read together, we'd talk and that was what got me there. You know, a lot of these Ikai was the, the 250,000 a year ones. They don't require a lot of experience. It's just you've been around kids. You're not gonna you're not gonna accidentally kill them. You're not gonna yell at them. You have an okay temperament, and you're presentable, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a pulse. If you meet those requirements, it's it's you can get a job. Definitely, it's not a great job. Uh, it's not going to be a twenty year job, but you can get a nice job doing something interesting. Yeah, it can get you in Japan for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it gets you into Japan. So. Unfortunately, I mean, when you came to Japan, did you have a lot of uh, teaching experience with kids? Uh, no, <laughs> I had to make, yeah. I had to like kind of like say like I was in a club and then we went to kids school once, you know, that kind of stuff I had to kind of mold it into something about teaching. And what was your experience when you started actually teaching kids? I, it was, it was fine. I mean, I kind of, <laughs> the first week I just kind of watched people as much as I could, you know, orientation yeah. stuff and then just kind of do my own way. But you kind of just throw into the deep end of the pool and then you figure out how to swim, yeah. you know? Uh, I have so much respect for people who teach kids who uh, make a career out of teaching kids because I liken it to working with terrorists because the system of rationale and the system of logic and decision making is so contrary to everything I know and everything I do. <laughs> that it was so just the hardest job of my life. <laughs> okay, you know? so, yeah. So let's get let's slow down. So you get you finally they. I don't know. Did they pay for the plane ticket actually? Just to no, they don't. So you pay your that was, that was there. A loan, that was a loan for my parents. They set you up. You got an apartment yeah. there. That's cool. So you get to the job and you don't like the job. <laughs> yeah. So let me just say about Peppy Kids Club. Uh, really professional. Really nice people. Right. It's it's a it's faceless corporate to a certain extent because it's a big organization. But that being said, I never felt like I was ignored. I never felt like I didn't have contact with the people above me. My my uh, supervisor was waiting for me at the station when I arrived. But uh, what made it tough was that uh, when I had interviewed, you know, they ask you, where do you want to be? And I said, well, you know, with my experience and with my interests, I'd really like to be in like uh, Osaka. You know, for me, Kansai looked like the ideal place because, you know, the the stereotype is Osaka people are a little more outgoing. Mm -hmm, It's more friendly. You're close to so much history in in Kyoto and Nara. Uh, So when I, about a week and a half before I went, I decided to get my Celta uh, before I went off, just so I'd have that in the back pocket in case of whatever. Um, So I'm about to leave about two weeks before I depart and I get my assignment. And it said uh, Marugame. Hmm. Do you know where Marugame is? No. 
<laughs> nah, nobody does. If you ask any Japanese person, they're going to say, oh, Marugame Simon, the, the noodle restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's this uh, small city down in Shikoku. Okay. Um, and uh, it has a lot of, there's history and it's nice, but, you know, the average age of the town was maybe 50 years old. It's uh, okay. a, it's a previously port industrial city that for the last 30 years has been declining. Mm, yeah. And it's nice and the people are friendly for the most part, but it just wasn't very satisfying for me. And then the teaching kids part, you know, it, I think Ekaiwas really need to address this in a in a in a better way, in a different way. But when you hire somebody with no experience actually teaching children, uh, maybe extra support or or even just a more cautious approach to their application would be justified because it was tough for me. Okay, and you didn't have uh, any kind of didn't have any kind of training. Yeah, you said your training. Was there anyone there the first week with you, or just kind of like there you go, do what no, you can do? Exactly, there you go, do what you can do. <laughs> I had a I had a class of uh, what was it thirteen four year olds and me. Okay, at six o'clock at night, and it was just. Uh, I remember the day I decided when to quit. I had this class of it was 13 four year olds. They're running around. Okay, whatever. I can I can chase them. I can control them. And there's this one little girl, and she was crying and crying and crying. She missed her mom. So I said, Oh, you know, daijoubu, daijoubu, patting her back. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Come on, let's go. Let's uh, let's play. Let's read a book. Let's play with these uh, you know, little blocks. And I turn around and I go to get some toys. And I can hear the drip, drip, drip of this little girl as she just totally wet herself. It's like she had jumped into a swimming pool. <laughs> okay. And the floor is carpet and it's soaked in and it's just every other kid has stopped what they're doing, is looking at her. And this little girl is now crying and soaking wet with her own urine and it's cold in the room. And it's the first five minutes of a one-hour class. Mm, so what, what did you do? Uh, we have a we had a TV in the room with like a DVD player for our DVD material. So I put on a DVD. I said, "Come on, come on, let's all sit down." And as I was doing that, half my body was in like the uh, the back room tr using the fax machine to try and call head office. Okay. Nobody picked up. I checked our emergency bag for like extra clothes, extra underwear wasn't there so it was basically this little girl was terrified right so when you're a teacher it's it's more than just a job you're responsible for this so i spent about an hour holding this little girl's pea-soaked hand trying to comfort her until her mother arrived and took her home and and i thought this isn't my japanese dream did i make a mistake was this a huge mistake has, wow. has that has that ever happened to you? Have you ever thought <laughs> this was a mistake? Oh, yeah. I definitely had some times in the first year where I was like, you know, yeah. you kind of just want to run out, run out of the room and just do, mm. you know, get out of there. But you, I never had a, a situation where I was alone in the school, though. Like there's always someone yeah. that, that could just say like, hey, I need some help. And then they're there. So is, know, that, was, is that unusual? To, that's unusual. It, yeah, yeah, that's unusual. You were the only one in the whole school. Well, it, it's, a, it's an Ikaiwa. So they rented out like this uh, storefront. So uh, it just okay. rents out this big room. Uh, but yeah, I was the only one there. Wow, yeah, that's unusual, and that's kind of especially for a first-year person doing that. That's really not a yeah. good idea, happy uh, kids. But <laughs> okay, so let's, let's fast forward. So you get you uh you quit the job with no yeah. backup or anything? It's kind of no, no, just, just uh, 
you know, oh, your housing though, your housing was linked to your work, right? So, well, that's why even today I still say super positive things about Peppy Kids Club because when I I called um, the the head of human resources for the native speakers, and I told him, hey, listen. I really appreciate all that you've done. And you know what? I know the busy season's coming up. You have the special summer program. I'm going to stay till the end of that. I'm going to stay an extra month and a half, even though I'm, you know, this isn't for me. But at that point, I'm going to leave. And he said, uh, okay. I, you know, I mean, if, if you worked at an Akaiwa, you know, this is not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not so surprising. People leave. Um, <clears throat> so the housing was easy. You know, he just said, okay, just pay for the next month. And then after that, you're finished. They, oh, okay. I think they either own or they have a special agreement. Because I didn't have to sign anything when I went into the apartment. Oh, that's good. So you can stay in the same place. Yeah, yeah. But oh, nice. <laughs> that being said, my first day there, I opened the door and my roommate was a, a giant cockroach. That <laughs> yeah, that well, that's, ran that's into to the be sink. expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's to be expected. So now you have no backup. You quit your yeah. job. You have a ha- At least you have an apartment, but that's it. You don't want to be living in the town you're living in, though. So no, what do you do then? I have, I have one thing. I have a green card ticket to Tokyo. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I jumped on the train. Uh, on the train ride there, I found Sakura House. I got a room in uh, in uh, Asakusa, a solo room. I rented it, picked up my stuff, carrying my suitcase all around. Uh, it's middle of the summer. It's, uh, I think it's July, late July. I'm sweating. I'm tired. I have no money left. And I get to my room and I lay down and then I just start hustling. Yeah, the the difference between a successful uh, teacher in Japan and one who's not successful is the ability to be satisfied. And if you're satisfied, you know, you're just going to stay kind of where you are, what you're doing until your visa runs out or until you have to leave. Um, But luckily, I was so uncomfortable and so unhappy with my surroundings, uh, being poor, 27, almost 28 at this point, running around everywhere that uh, I really, really pushed to find a job. And my first job was at uh, Berlitz. Okay. Uh, you know, business teaching, which, you know, I, I can, I can, I, I, for, I, I will admit that when I wear a suit, I can pull off the, uh, the office type, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but I worked there for a while and uh, <clears throat> it was fine. It, again, another professional company, a little bit faceless, but my boss was good. Uh, so I left Berlitz after – well, actually, while I was working at Berlitz, I then got my first job at an actual school, public school, um, as kind of an ALT. Okay. My my top advice for anyone who wants to get out of teaching English and teach something else is to shape your position as you see fit, to exert as much agency as you can. Because I was hired directly by um, by this uh, junior um, – middle school in Ryogoku. They hired me directly and they said, listen, we just need somebody who can, you know, help out our English teacher. And, uh, you know, you look like you live nearby. So I, I agreed to it and I found out that the, the Japanese English teacher, um, was a nice guy, smart guy, but he was very open to doing less in the classroom. Okay which means that I could take over and I could shape it any way I want. And with his help and uh, a lot of research, I turned it into a debate class. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, the the temptation is just to open up a, a textbook and go through that, right? It's easy, but make it about debate. And now I wasn't just a, an assistant. I'm actually leading the class, and now I was a debate instructor. 
So I want to stop real quick. So how did you get this opportunity? Because that's obviously yeah. people will say, oh, I want to do that too. How did you get to be direct hired by that, by that school? <laughs> uh, you know, like I said before, hustling is so important. You have to jump at every opportunity you can. And one of those opportunities was when I was still living in Marugame, right? Far, far away from Tokyo. I would find these uh, listings for jobs. Uh, and what I would do is I'd apply to the job. But then I'd find the agency that listed it or I'd find the company that put it up mm-hmm. and I'd reach out to them directly. And I'd say, hi, I just wanted to let you know that I applied for this job and I'm really excited. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm open and I'm flexible. So if there's another position you'd think I'd be appropriate for. Here you go. Ooh, I can do nice. this. Nice tip there. <laughs> I mean, the biggest tip is to remember that people who are looking for jobs have problems that need to be solved. Mm. And if you can show them how you can really, really solve just one of those problems, they're going to want to meet with you at least. So one of these companies was, uh, what's it called? Persona. Oh, shoot. It's it's one of the biggest recruiting uh, companies in Tokyo, but they do more than just teaching. They're all over the place. They're famous for having this eco garden building here. Okay. But anyway, so one of the jobs was like ALT uh, teacher. It was 5,500 yen an hour, direct hire. We don't know when it's going to start. We don't know if it's real. Send us your resume. So I sent my resume. I called and uh, I said, hey, maybe I can come in and talk to you. He had me come in. I talked to him. And one year later, after almost one year of living in Tokyo, I got a call from the uh, from the uh, middle school. And it was because they got my resume through the Tokyo Board of Education who got the resume through this recruiting company who got it because this guy recommended me. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's, right? so you, so let's go through the steps real quick. So you, went, yeah. you, you, applied, you saw that job, applied, then called the recruiting agency or the, the actual company again? Uh, the recruiting agency, because okay, the so actual company was Tokyo Board of Education, and, and my Japanese is not okay. there. Okay, so yeah, you called them, say, hey, if you have anything else, let me know. Took that extra step that most yeah. people would not do. Yeah. And then a year later, you, you read the benefits when well, your resume got passed down the line. Sure. And after I called, I actually, I, I went in to have a meeting face-to-face, right? Okay. That's, that's a big differentiator. If you can get them to remember your face, because they're going to look at a thousand different resumes, right? Yeah. And when you're trying to determine who's going to be the best teacher, especially an English teacher, you have a thousand different companies, especially in Tokyo, Mm -hmm. right? And you don't know what they mean. You don't know what the difference is. You have to put yourself in the position of this, you know, Japanese bureaucrat who's maybe in his 30s, maybe doesn't speak English that well, learned, you know, in school. And this guy comes into his office and says, you know what? You have a problem. I can solve it. Here's my resume. Let me know. I'm going to make it better. Nice. Of course, you're going to have an advantage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then you start doing that, and like, yeah. so then let's go to the next step. So you get that, yeah. you know, let's work towards what you're doing now. So now you have like this job at pu- public school. You have the yeah. job teaching business. What's next? Uh, so now that I'm a debate instructor, right? I'm a debate instructor at this middle school. Comes my uh, break into to university teaching. I have this background in politics and government. I have my master's in international affairs, and now I have this experience teaching how to debate and for students to learn how to research and debate. And um, this graduate school in Tokyo, uh, National Graduate Institute for Policy Studies, they're looking for a communi- a political communications teacher. Right. Sounds good. So, yeah. Yeah who can teach how to write memos, who can teach how to debate, do these things. So I sent my resume uh, and uh, a big piece of advice is when you can specialize in something, you suddenly become a, a big fish in a little pond. 
And the number of people in Tokyo who can teach English is so, so many. And the number of people who can teach debate and politics, it's much more constricted. Mm. So yeah. I got I got interviewed. I went in. I, I got along really well with the um, my my future boss, uh, and they hired they gave me the job. So this is another job you found just just on the internet. Just you must be constantly looking for jobs. It seems like right. No, you have to you have to automate it. You know, there's this uh, great website called IFTT mm -hmm. or IFTTT, but basically you set that up with certain parameters, and anytime something comes up on Craigslist, you're gonna get an email if it says you know high school, or if it says full time, or if it says social studies or political science, I get an email. I'm also a member of the Ohio Sensei uh, uh, mail serve, yeah, so yeah. I get emailed a copy before it goes on the website. Uh, I also use this application called Distill Web Monitor, which means anytime the hiring page of certain companies gets updated, I get a notification. Nice. Yeah. So the amount of work I actually have to do is is maybe an hour a week of just okay. Let me check if there's anything valuable on you know Gaijin Pot. Let me check jobs in Japan. Let me check um, whatever. And uh, also send letters. You know, introduce yourself whenever you apply to these things. Again, make yourself personal. Make them have an idea of a person in their head. So I worked at um, at the at the graduate school for a while. And while I was doing that, uh, you know, it's part time. While I was doing that. Because of, again, my experience in other places, I got a job offer at a senior high school doing solo teaching. Okay. Uh, again, my experience was very limited, but I suddenly had this graduate school on my resume, so I accepted it, and I could make my own classes. And of course, what do I do? I make them about politics and government. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. make that's when you kind of have full control. Yeah, you have the curriculum is up to you, everything mm -hmm. up to you. That's cool. Yeah, Once once you get into the solo teaching, a lot of these schools, you know, they're not they don't have a lot of native english speakers and they don't have a lot of it depends on the school of course but some of them don't have a very clear idea of what they want their english program to be beside you know this is a pen i like cheeseburgers mm -hmm. so they give the teacher a lot of freedom to to shape the discussion in the class so i made a politics unit i had an economics unit i had a international system unit and we're learning english through content but now my resume has, you know, this uh, experience where I'm teaching uh, political philosophy, you know, uh, independently to all these students um, at a at KO Senior High School. So how do you go about, you know, when you go to those interviews, right? Because let's, let's, yeah. let's try to get a little bit of that. What's kind of some interview advice? Because obviously you've been pretty successful at interviews once they – once they, you've seemed yeah. to get a lot of positions. So what's kind of your advice in that, in that sense? Cause a lot of people seem to have issues with, well, I got an interview, but I didn't get the job. So what kind of yeah. advice could you give that kind of person that have, uh, it's not, it's not being successful in interviews so far. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, one of the great things, my, I know that I lack a lot of things, but one of the things I can do is I can interview well and people like me when they meet me, at least the first time after that, <laughs> it's kind of, it's in the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, uh, remember that interviewing is a skill, right? Looking for a job, writing a resume, interviewing is a skill. These aren't just things that you happen to be good at. These are things that you practice at and that you get good at. And what probably made me good at it was that when I wanted to work in D.C., I kind of did the same thing I did with Tokyo. I moved to D.C. with no job, very little money, and just passion. 
and I reached out through LinkedIn and I reached out through, uh, I just found people's emails and I asked for coffees and I had about 60 different coffee meetings before I, I got a job offer. Wow. That's a huge failure rate, but mm-hmm. it's also skill building. I'm, I'm getting better at interviews every time. I kind of can predict the questions. I know which answers have a better response. I know, uh, how people will react to the things I say. So if you want to get better at interviews, have more interviews. Mm, that's good advice. Yeah, I always say just take everything. If you don't, if yes. you don't want a job, still take it. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it depends on your goal, right? If you're just here to have a good time, have fun, it doesn't matter. But if you really want to build a career, if you want to make teaching your vocation, not your job, your vocation, uh, you need to be busy all the time. You have to be building up skills, and you have to be interviewing. Uh, a lot. And and if you don't have a job to interview for, have some mock interviews. Find a friend who wants to do well in Japan, have some mock interviews with them. Uh, you know, meet a stranger, ask them. Definitely. Uh, that's that's part of why we made the sub to kind of have this community of people who can build off of each other uh, doing that. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about that too. Um, one yeah. last question about your job though. So what's kind of your normal, let's talk about the university job. What's kind of your yeah. normal day like? Do you, do you have any class do you have? How many, so people <clears> can just kind of know a little bit about that world. What's the, sure. kind of, What's kind of your schedule like? Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, I teach on uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, and I have three classes each day. So I, I teach uh, three classes total, but we meet twice a week, so that's six a week. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's kind of far away. Um, it's it's uh, near the Totska area, so I have to take the uh, train for an hour, and then I take a bus for about twenty minutes. Okay. So that's 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 not great. But that being said, once I get to campus, uh, I can I don't have to do a lot with the administration. I don't have to do a lot with the system. I kind of just sign in to this book. I make some copies if I need to, grab my books, and I go to my classroom. And uh, I, I teach. They're 90-minute classes. I teach two of them. I have lunch. I teach the last one, and I go home. It's really nice how straightforward and unencumbered I am just to do what I need to do. Nice. So how much time would you say you spend on like preparation stuff like that? <laughs> um. Too much, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a, I get a little bit nervous. I want to make sure I give the students a great class, something they can understand, and it really you know, changes them. Because this is a topic I'm passionate about. You know, I'm sure if I'm teaching you know, biology, my, my prep time would be actually lower, even though I know less about it, because it, I don't have that many um, avenues I want to go down and explore. So I, I actually spend a pretty good amount, maybe mm, an hour – Plus per class. Okay, that's pretty not for that kind of class. That's about right, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, what's kind of the future hold? What's your? You, obviously, you're always. I know you're probably always still looking for the next thing. But anything <laughs> on the horizon for you? Well, now the the big decision I have to make is uh, now that I've been able to kind of get out of direct English teaching, right? I'm teaching international affairs and political science. Now I have to decide: Do I want to go down the university path, or do I want to go down the uh, the high school path? And, uh, uh, it's, it's a tough decision because they both have their benefits and their, their negatives. So I don't know. I, I don't know uh, which way that'll go, but, uh, it's something I'm thinking about. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I think it would be remiss not to mention the Reddit subreddit, how I kind of came yeah. across you for the first place. So why don't you tell people a little bit about that and what's kind of the goals of it? Yeah. Uh, basically it started, um, 
the the this guy Bailsafe, right? He he, uh, I think he's actually teaching China now. But uh, he started this Reddit because there was no the subreddit because there was no dedicated subreddit to teaching in Japan. There was one for Korea at the time, but basically the Japan Life subreddit was full of these posts about you know teaching that got drowned out. Or that people didn't find relevant, or that just had these superficial conversations and didn't go anywhere. So he started this teaching in Japan subreddit, and I checked it out like, the first couple of days. And the first, I remember the first uh, thread on there was how to escape teaching in Japan. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I I I thought, wow, this is. <laughs> there, there is a potential here to build a nice community, a good community, helpful, but this is a terrible start. So actually I, I messaged him and I said, uh, you know, if you want some help, if you need some help, I, I am an active user. I want to build a community, you know, make me uh, make me a mod. And he did. Awesome. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely different than the, I don't know if you, any Reddit users out there, but it's definitely very positive place. It's not about like, you know, <laughs> making fun of stuff. It's like really about having, how to right. be a better teacher in Japan, you know, how to find work, how to do classes, stuff like that. Actually, I remember in my initial message to him, I said, I don't want this to become uh, another, you know, JCJ, another Japan circle jerk. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sub. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we try to build a positive community, right? This is basically a response to the people who say, oh, yeah, I come to Japan. Teaching in Japan is really easy. You know, you can make yeah, some yeah. money. It's not hard. This is a response to that, that no, this is a professional thing you're doing. This is uh, vocational, not, not just uh, uh, to make a salary, but this is kind of part of your identity and uh you know to if that is part of your identity if these are your responsibilities we can help each other get better get smarter uh, uh shape our careers yeah i mean that's what's great about japan offers you uh if you if your goal is to be in japan for a year japan yeah. offers that to you sure if you want to take it to be a real career where you're doing stuff you're interested in like you did it also offers you that but it's just how much how hard do you work you know right and there's a lot more advice out there to just come here for a year there's a thousand websites that say you know come here for a year here's how you get to japan uh but there's not a lot of resources for how to build a career in japan how to build a life in japan mm -hmm. uh i don't know about you but for me it was just a lot of guesswork Mm -hmm, definitely just got to find your way you know <laughs> yeah but and, and that's why you know we have the sub and, and hopefully we're helping people out and uh you know we're, we're trying to build the community and build the quality of posts so right now we have about uh 1700 members almost 1800 so if we can grow that yeah we, we want everyone to join and uh, participate definitely okay so i'm uh you know you shared a lot of good stuff any kind of closing words for people out there that Let's um, say let's say you're talking to people like let's say they're fresh from their home country, you know they they're, they they want to teach in Japan right, but they want to yeah. teach above the Aikaiwa, above that level. What kind of advice? Final advice would you give them? Uh, final advice is make sure you take time to enjoy yourself. But Japan's not a vacation. You're kind of in a new place where you have to build a life all over again. You should be working hard. You should be doing every extra effort you can, uh, and showing people that you are the most qualified for a position, not just through your qualifications, but through your effort, your hustle, and your availability to your ability to show up. There you go. All right, Diego, thanks for hanging out tonight. And uh, yeah. I think we learned a lot of stuff today. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the ALT Insider Podcast. For more info on how you can have more fun working in Japan, visit altinsider.com. See you next time.